Good day, tea and listeners. Today I have deviated slightly in order to discuss something which affects the outcome of criminal cases. Investigation in criminal matters must follow a chain of events during evidence gathering and processing. That is why we find many cases are withdrawn or the accused are acquitted. In particular, we discuss an appeal in S versus Kurta, which was heard on the 31st of August 2020 in the Bloemfontein High Court, sitting as a court for appeal. Hello, Hector, and thank you for bringing us another episode of Legal Ease. The contents of this episode are especially of note given the high volume of violent crime against women. We need to raise awareness of the importance of the chain of evidence gathering and processing, not something that the public generally have much control over. So, in the light of this, Hector, please will you share the background to the appeal with our listeners. The appellant was a 36-year-old man who was convicted in the Bloemfontein Regional Court on one count of attempted murder, one count of rape, and two counts of robbery with aggravating circumstances. On the 29th of June 2018, he was sentenced to life imprisonment. What are the facts of the case? The complainant and a friend were sitting in their vehicle in the Bloemfontein area when they were attacked by two unknown men. One of the victims was shot by the accused in the stomach, but the victim managed to escape and ran away from the scene. The other victim, a woman, was placed in the vehicle by the accused and taken to another location where she was raped. Accordingly, no positive identification of the accused could be made as the area was in total darkness and the visibility was poor. Was there any progress in the investigation? Yes, the accused was arrested 12 months later and linked to the crimes by means of DNA evidence. In particular, swabs were taken from the victim and matched to the DNA of the accused. That was the only evidence linking the accused to the crimes. What was to be considered by the Court of Appeal in regard to the judgment of the regional court? The appeal mainly concerns the DNA chain of evidence, the chain of custody of the evidence and the chain of custody of the exhibits, leading to the DNA results that were presented in the court a quo. What exhibits were found and what is the evidential value? The first count of robbery relates to the vehicle that was taken and the second count of robbery to that of the cell phone that was taken at the scene. The state presented evidence that the accused was found in possession of one of the two cell phones that were taken at the scene. The appellant, in an explanation, said that he obtained the cell phone from someone else. Therefore, the evidence in this regard falls short of proving anything against the appellant. What evidence was there to rely on? The evidence presented by the state in regard to the DNA results is the only evidence in this regard that was an affidavit in terms of Section 2124 of the Crime Procedure Act. This was compiled by one of Sir Reynolds, a forensic analyst of the Forensic Science Laboratory Pretoria. This affidavit was handed in by consent of the defense and contains the following. That the DNA swabs taken is a match to 1 in 45,000 people, which is the probability relied on by the state in regard to the match. Hector, could you explain the nature of a Section 212 affidavit? A Section 212 affidavit, as referred to above, 
is a statement that if it complies with the formal requirements of the section, the document shall upon submission to the court become prima facie proof. If the court, for one or other reason, finds it necessary that the analyst should give evidence, viva voce, evidence, the court is entitled to make such an order. So if the defense consented to the affidavit being handed in by the prosecution, then no verbal evidence is required and the expert evidence is accepted as correct by the defense. What was the view of the SCA in regard to this evidence accepted by the magistrate? The court stated, in the absence of any further evidence and absence of any admissions made in the court a quo, it is evident that there was no identity of the persons from whom the forensic samples were obtained and under which numbers those samples were sealed and how the sealed bags ended up in the hands of Warrens and Reynolds. Despite these glaring shortcomings, the trial magistrate found in his judgment that the DNA evidence had placed the appellant right at the scene of the crime. In this respect, the findings of the magistrate were clearly wrong. As indicated, it is not known if one sample came from the complainant and the other sample came from the appellant. Is there any similar authority that can be relied on from other rulings? The very same shortcomings presented itself in S. versus Mashaba. Both judges concurring expressed as follows. The importance of providing the chain of evidence is to indicate the absence of alteration or substitution of exhibits. If no admissions are made by the defense, the state bears the onus to prove the chain of events. The state must establish the name of each person who handled the evidence, the date on which it was handled, and the duration. Failure by the state to establish the chain of evidence affects the integrity of such evidence and thus renders it inadmissible. The court a quo in convicting the appellant relied on the DNA evidence as the only evidence that linked the appellant to the commission of the offence. The investigating officer testified that the blood was then stored in the SB13 at the police station. There was no evidence that the said blood sample was sealed and of what number was allocated thereto. Therefore, the sequence from the collecting of the appellant's blood to the DNA testing is flawed. What was the conclusion of this court? With the above authority and sentiment, it was agreed to, in this case as well as by Lobshire J and concurred by Reinders J. What was the order of the Court of Appeal? The appeal is upheld and the conviction of the appellant on all four counts is set aside. The sentence of life imprisonment for the appellant is set aside. Hector, I'm sure listeners agree with me that this is not what we as the public want to see happen after the hard work of apprehending perpetrators has been concluded. What is our take-home message from this? The message taken from this type of case is that it is informative for the public to understand the function of the court system with regard to evidence gathering and the presentation of the evidence during the trial. So from an educational point of view and a transparent justice system, this could be helpful. Further, when investigating officers investigate these types of cases and seize exhibits for presentation to forensic analysts and the court, that the chain of handling the exhibit is continually followed and recorded in various registers and affidavits. The chain starts with the investigating officer and the charge office personnel or the SAP 13 clerk who will receive the exhibit.
from the police station to the next office where it will be received by another member and presented to an analyst or an expert for examination. Each of these persons will have to furnish an affidavit in regard to receiving and handling the exhibit. It is crucial that the serial numbers, batch numbers, identity numbers, register numbers, names and surnames be recorded properly as per police standing orders. This case has illustrated the importance thereof. Until next time, listeners, keep well and have a good day.